0: You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Tuesday. We are back in doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground as a whole publisher of Wolverines wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, We are going to do two things. I want to talk about uh, the addition of the flag that was planted at midfield after the Ohio State game in the Schembeckler Hall-Towsley Museum. A lot of people have asked me, when will the museum be open again to the public? I don't know, man. (laughs) It's currently not. I don't know that it... I'm sure at some point the museum will be open again to the public. But as of right now, it is not. Nonetheless, there is now there's a lot of different things that have happened in the museum from the picture of Michi, the the famed one of Jim Harbaugh pushing him across the end zone uh, to uh, a bunch of other murals that just it's all completely different. They're completely changing everything. So um, I will we'll get to that first. And then I specifically, for the sake of doing this show, did like a very quick thing on Wolverine's Wire. The top 10 quotes from uh, from Sharon Moore and Jesse Minner. I decided to do that just strictly because I thought it would make my life easier than trying to go off of memory. So I was like, okay, what quotes are my favorite? I'll pick 10. So we'll go through at least some of the quotes and then we'll react to them in segments two and three. So let's start off though with the uh, the flag. I think it is awesome. It is amazing. Um, it definitely gets under the skin of Ohio State people. Uh, there's been a. I was the first uh, person. I think it might might have been David from Mason Brew. Uh, but I I I think I might have been the first to post the picture of it. Da- David. I walked in. David was already taking a picture of it, and he was the only other person there uh, when I got to the press conference. So, uh, I took the picture, I posted it online, and there are very few Buckeye people responding, but I saw one thread where there's just a guy jarring back and forth with Michigan people, and and it's just under his skin very clearly. tries to make it look like, oh, you silly guys, you win two in a row. And you lose your minds and everything. And some people point out, like, don't you have a whole, like, countdown clock? They have more than that. They basically have a whole shrine to the game and, and way to, to, you know, their wins over Michigan. Uh, and as many people pointed out, they, they go and cross out all the M's. They do all kinds of stuff. Michigan's only now starting to do stuff like that, right? Uh, they weren't. And that was troubling to me. I, as I've said, I've referenced a bunch of times. I did a whole show on it about the maniacal Manchurian candidate style uh, in which Ohio State prepared for Michigan uh, coming out of the Urban Meyer era. This was uh, Ryan Day's first year. He was really impressive uh, at, at Big Ten Media Days. And I talked to these players and they just, they were wound up for Michigan all year long. Michigan didn't do anything. They didn't care. They were very much like, well, Ohio State's a game on the schedule now, if you walk into Shembecker Hall, it's a complete it's completely different. They have all these murals on the wall uh which are pictures that Aaron Bills took. And it's just a big collage uh up near the ceiling in the one area and then down by the desk there's uh, by the front desk the, the whole side is that as well. And then they have this display unit that's always been there, but it wasn't uh, they've been kind of slowly changing it. It used to just be a, um, like, a have like a, some wood and some glass and say, like, I think it like a Michigan man, like saying or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it wasn't really anything. It looked very just blase. Well, uh, th- that has been overhauled. And when you walk in, I, th- I believe memory serves says like, it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And it's, uh, an image of Mike Barrett running with the, uh, running with the flag and it's so it says that over top of it. And then you have uh mannequins on either side with wearing a the twenty twenty-one and twenty twenty-two jerseys, uh full with like the patch they had the uh, Tate Meyer patch uh from uh a- after the Oxford tragedy on the twenty twenty-one one, and then they had the Michi patch on the uh twenty twenty-two one. That makes sense again because they won the Big Ten Championships both of those years. But you look around and most of the highlights it's on the back side of that big stand there, in which there's the 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 mannequins on either side, uh, is the uh, the picture the group picture of everyone in front of the flag, and there's just lots of pictures from the Ohio State game, some from the Big Ten championship games, and uh, every or uh, yeah, I believe it was both, maybe it was just the one, um, but uh, there is a lot there, and now they have the flag in there, which. Jim Harbaugh even said, you know, said at one point, like, "I'd like to find that flag and put it in the museum. Mission accomplished." I mean, it certainly wouldn't have been that hard, but I mean, I'm sure the flag belonged more to the cheer team than it did the uh, than it did the football team. And you can tell it's the same one just by virtue of uh, it, there's like some things with the pole, like a little some tape wrapped around and some writing on it, and just like some you know different patina and such and it's sitting between the the 2022 mannequin and that picture of michael barrett holding the flag so you can look at the flag in the picture and then you can look at the flag in person and you know what i just love this level of petty i mean it's it's not really petty it's celebrating an accomplishment we'll get to that in in a moment but uh certainly that's that's the type of thing that you would want to put in a museum but I think it becomes more of a petty situation because people get so upset. I've I heard from some Buckeye friends, including now my one boss, uh, he doesn't really say he, he's, he's actually not an Ohio State fan anymore, but he grew up an Ohio State fan. And I, I remember talking to him after the game and he was very upset about the flag planting, very upset about it. So what's better than to have that exact thing in the museum, right? For, for that to be remembered forever. Whatever happens from now, Michigan wins 100, loses 100. I mean, that was a seminal moment for this Michigan team because hadn't won in Columbus in 20 years, no one was giving them a chance, myself included. I mean, I gave them a chance all year long until Blake Corum got injured the week before, but, you know, I was still wrong. And there was only, I think like two people that picked Michigan to win regardless, but no one was thinking that Michigan had a chance. So it was a seminal moment. It should be celebrated and it's perfect. And I love that they're finally embracing the rivalry and all that it means. So that's, it's very cool. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. We're going to get into what the, my 10 favorite quotes, the coordinators had, uh, on, uh, on Tuesday, we got both of them for the first time since the uh, the college football playoff against TCU. Uh, last time we talked to them was at uh, the media days for the festival Bowl uh, the day before. So cool to finally get them again. So we're going to get to that momentarily. Before we do that. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net, all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, so I, I compiled my 10 favorite quotes. and that might, It might seem like that's the entirety. It's not. You know, like we, we had jesse Miner for about 21 minutes and sharon moore for about 15 14 or so um so this is really just compiling things down anyone who's read the first two is gonna be really upset if they go to this article uh, just because it's it's there's no commentary it's just the quotes and i did it strictly for this podcast just to make my life easier and make it easier for you guys to digest what i instead of me just rambling as I do, I'll still ramble. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'll still completely ramble, but, uh, maybe there'll be less. That's the hope. And that's the goal. All right. So the first quote that I'm in, and these are in no particular order. I didn't mention that. I didn't, they're not ranked. They're just 10 quotes. Um, so the first ones are, I, I compiled both of them because, uh, they got both asked, uh, what they thought of the flag. And so I figured we'll lead that off, you know, again, knowing that I was going to talk about the flag planting. And the, uh, that being in the museum, thought it was a, you know, it's a nice little segue. Sometimes one hand feeds the other. Uh, so, Sharon Moore, he said, love it. I love seeing that. Think about the game every day. Think about every moment. When you walk in the building, you see it as soon as you walk in. Obviously, you see all the things about the rivalry and what it is, but you think about that every day. So, it's constantly on my mind. It's constantly on the player's mind. And we're always preparing for it. And he, he, at, he at, was asked further and he said, like, yes, it, it's it motivates us to win again. We see, you know, being able to go in because it's across from the way from where they walk in. Right. Like, so there's a front desk that separates and there's a player's entrance and then there's the uh, museum entrance. Uh, so the coaches and the players, they go through the one entrance, but they're, it's open. So it's just a front desk that separates you can when they walk in, they just look to the left and there it is in all of its glory. And so it, it, he was saying like walking in and seeing that it's a reminder of what our goals are. It's a reminder to be, to stay motivated, to try to get that third in a row, not to get complacent. What's at stake? All of that. I think what Jesse Minter said actually really puts it into perspective. And it's hard to, if you're an Ohio state fan to get super mad at what he had to say, he said, I think it's really cool. I mean, that's what makes college football special is rivalries and the ability to enjoy those moments and enjoy the significance of those wins. I really think about the defense being together, going into the fourth quarter and watching a player led defense, like take charge of that game and make the plays we needed to make uh, to win the game. Plays we needed to make to win the game. So super, super great memories and trying to work every day so we can have a bunch of those again next year. So they're basically just treating it like a trophy. Because there isn't a trophy in the game. I mean, certainly there's things like, you know, Ohio State players get the, get the gold pants if they win. Michigan players now get like a medal or, you know, it's like an insignia and it's got a whole bunch of stuff on it. Um, but it's it, it, it's, a, it's a bragging rights thing. And, it's, and I think that puts it into perspective where he's like, it's the ability to enjoy those moments and just remember that big moment. That's all it is. It's nothing more. But certainly, you know, people will act like, just like, as Scott Bell pointed out uh, on Twitter, uh, he, he, Brady Hoke apologized for the Joel Bolden stake in the Michigan State field. I'm I I, I I've, I'm not going to go into detail about it, because he asked me not to, but Joel Bolden told, talked to me about that and was very annoyed by that whole situation, uh, because it wasn't meant... Like he didn't realize in that moment he was just fired up, but he brought that not not to pay disrespect to Michigan State, but because it was something that was like an internal thing. And it was like it it was less to do with Michigan State and more to do with Michigan is the best way I can put it. And I don't remember the conversation that great, to be honest, but it, uh it's it's something. I don't know. It's something like that, I guess. I don't know. I digress. Number two, Jesse Minter discussed incoming uh, edge rusher, Josiah Stewart. What have you seen from him? He said, Josiah is a tremendous addition, first of all, just from his personality and fit into the culture, the way he works, the way he attacks things, it's like he's been here. So when that happened, you pick up a guy that, won. he practices really hard. He's got a u- really unique skill set. He's different than one of our edge rushers with his measurables, than some of our edge rushers with some of his measurables. Um, so he's uh, just really excited about him and he's had a productive spring. I think if he talked to some of, if, if I was supposed to say you, I messed that up. If you talked to some of our guys, they would say he stood out at times and looking forward to seeing that on Saturday and more of a game environment and seeing that in the fall as well. So uh, I, 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 I am increasingly excited for him. And I like that it's the idea of it's a guy that does something different than what, who they already have provides, and uh the michigan needs all the edge rushing talent. Now he did also talk about the interior pass rush because they are putting an onus on that. And he said like, you know what? We just feel like we can get a lot more out of it. And there's you know, he was asked about Mozzie Smith and like you know, was is him not being there does that change how you do this run, you know, the run defense and the pass defense? He's like, "No, I think we've got guys that can do it." And Coach Elston and uh, Dylan Roney, like all those guys all working together. He's like, we'll get it done. We'll get better. He's like, we had good numbers last year, but they will be better this upcoming season. It's encouraging. Number three. Jerome Moore discusses standout early and on offense. This is from two different questions. uh, But so he mentioned a couple different guys. So here we go. Uh, this was the first one was from my question. The first two, uh, paragraphs here, not that you're going to be able to note the paragraphs and be talking, but, and the third one was from a, a, a different question. So first of all, the guys have been great additions from a culture standpoint, just a great fit. Love the guys, love all the kids. Okay. Whatever. That's all. Well, just go right to the second paragraph. Amir Herring, just to watch him grow, just to learn the system and see what he's doing. He's been really good. Really, really excited about these young receivers to see what they do. And they've been, they're just like little puppies out there. There's full of energy, full playmaking ability. We're just excited about that. So the next question was, uh, was about the running backs who, who's been kind of working there. And the first name out of his mouth, well, he was asked more specifically about Benjamin Hall and CJ Stokes. But he uh, was asked about how are those guys are doing. And he immediately, ben, he goes, Ben Hall, we knew he was a good back. He showed some things that obviously Mike, as in Mike Hart, knew. Mike does a great job recruiting and evaluating guys, and he's a guy that wasn't very very highly ranked, but he walks in the building. His legs are giant. They're huge. He's built. Remember, I told you about his legs. I've been saying it. He's always in there. You've got to kick him out. He's always walking around with a water bottle with his headphones on and just always locked in, uh, focused. And he goes on the field. He runs like a train, so excited to see him in his progress. Uh, so I, I'm count me into being excited about Benjamin Hall, less excited about Amir Herring. Cause we probably won't see him for three or four years, maybe, maybe sooner, but I mean, there's just so many guys waiting in the wings. Of course, he's the offensive line coach as well. He's going to mention him, the receivers as well. It just sounds like that they're going to be involved. Then again, that's how they talked about the trio from last year. They really kind of weren't, but I kind of feel like they will be this year. I, I just do. So that's exciting. All right, we got two more quotes here in this, uh, this uh, half here, this segment. I asked Jesse Minter what he learned from the TCU game. And I did expound upon, like, all season long, the narrative was the second half, you shut teams down. That didn't happen in the TCU game. Looking back, what have you learned? He said, you either win or learn. And so it's been a great opportunity to study, always look inward first and things in preparation, things in game plan. So there's a lot of things that after the fact are sometimes simple to say like, yeah, maybe we should have done this or done more of this or done less of that. But ultimately, it comes down to doing all the little things right and those moments. And so learned a lot about that. Learned the goal now is to get back to that situation and talk is cheap. So we've got to get back to that situation and prove that we did learn from it. And so excited to try to do that. Now, there wasn't any specifics. I obviously hope for specifics, but you never expect to get that, you know, nowadays, maybe in the first year of Jim Harbaugh or, you know, George Hilo's first couple press conferences, you'd get some specifics. You're not going to get that anymore from either coordinator, Uh, but at least it sounds like, okay, we took this seriously and we know what we need to do. We need to get back there and then prove that we know what we're doing. Okay. And like he said, talk is cheap, so show me. That's it. Right now, we're at uh, you know we're not even a, a you know pitchers and catchers report. <laughs> it's it, it might be spring ball, but we're a long ways off from the season. You know we've got we still got uh, you know five and a half months ish. Um, number five, finishing out this segment, uh, the offensive plan. Uh, he Moore was asked about. With J.J. throwing a bunch more times in the TCU game, if, uh, if that is an indication of kind of what's to come and uh, if, you want, if there's going to be a lot more passing. And he, talk, he talked about it a couple of times, but this is the more important quote in my eyes. Fans aren't going to like it. And he's basically telling like, where you can go if you don't like this, but this is what he said. He said, we want to be balanced. We want to be able to do both. Really, the division is what our players are good at, what JJ wants to throw, how we're going to attack the defense every week is going to change. There will probably be a game where we'll run the ball more and people will be mad at us. And if it helps us win, we'll be okay with it. So really, it's about winning. Whatever we've got to do to win, that's what we're going to do. We're not going to value the opinions of people that don't understand what we're doing. We're going to do whatever it takes to win, so whatever it is in that game of his throw pass, we're going to do. So that's the vision, and built it around our players. I mean, that's the right call, except for I, I hope that they don't treat the first three games where they could have more balance as a showcase for the running backs, like they have really the last three two years. They need to get J.J. kind of going, you know, so that you know – you know that he's feeling good. Granted, they started trying to get him going midseason, late midseason against Rutgers. They that's when they kind of started it. wasn't really going well against Illinois. Granted, Illinois had Devin Witherspoon, and uh, you know he was really good. And then Ohio State came, and no one thought he could do it, and he did it. So that's good. Slung it around a little bit against Purdue. Really slung it around against uh, TC against CCU to mixed results. But you need to make sure that he feels more comfortable so that you aren't in that situation. So, I agree. If running the ball makes sense, they're going to run the ball until someone stops it. Passing makes sense. They're going to pass the ball until someone stops it. But he said they want to be balanced. They just have to be balanced. All right. We've got five more quotes. We'll get to those here in just a moment. Second straight night, late podcast, 916 at night. Not trying to do it this way, but with the press conference and getting stuff ready, I got my house signing, my closing tomorrow, signing of the stars, kind of, not really. All right, Jesse Mincer was asked both about, I can't remember, Ernest Hausman and Braid McGregor. I felt like the Braid McGregor one, I felt like singling that out. So I didn't put the whole thing in here. I just went with the Braden McGregor. So he says, Braden McGregor, man, there's a guy that when you talk about the process of development, everybody's sometimes on a different trajectory. They're sometimes injury related, confidence related people in front of you related. And so he's had a career here where dealt with injuries, dealt with the number two pick in the draft, being in front of him as an Aiden Hutchinson, uh, other guys. And so I think he's trusted the process here and he's continued to develop at a really fast, high rate, especially coming off of what he's dealt with prior and so I'm really, really excited about Braden. I think he has a chance to be a dominant player, and I think the challenge for him is he does it in spurts. And he knows this. And it's time to take or it is to take over a game. He knows this is to take over a game. And he has that capability. And so I'm excited to see that happen. It's funny reading the quotes is I have everything exactly the way it was said in some cases. And I try to clean it up and sometimes I forget. I'm like, challenge for him is, is he does it in spurts. And I think, I think the challenge um, I forget to clean it up. Oh well, that's on me. Um, th- that echoes exactly what Braden McGregor actually said to us earlier in spring. Is you know, I, hey, I I know the challenges that I've faced. I know what I'm capable of. I uh, I've been streaky. I just need to learn to do it all at once. So I it, it if you have both saying the same thing, I doubt Jesse Mentors sitting there poring over what Braden McGregor said in media availabilities and same vice versa, that, that basically established itself as truth, right? That's the thing. And the fact that he says he knows he can take over a game, I know he can take over a game. That's the next step. Take it over. Become that dominant player because you have that in you. And that's what Michigan needs, especially from him. So I'm excited to see if that works out. Up next, Sharon Moore, living the dream. Now that he's the sole offensive coordinator, he was asked, what's different? He kind of asked this a couple different times and didn't really want to answer, and he kind of answered this one. He said, there's a little bit more work involved because you're looking at every single piece of it. I did the same thing last year, so there's not too much difference. Just beyond game days, the play calling will be a little different because obviously he's the sole play caller. He wouldn't say how much he called the plays last year. He He wouldn't divulge that. It's still a big secret for some reason. To me, I see it all the same just because I always have a watchful eye of everything that's going on. So I just try to delegate a little bit more, which has helped, but I have a great staff to do that. So it's been awesome, especially with Kirk, as in Kirk Campbell, and the guys have been phenomenal. So I don't come in here and work at all. It's fun for me. This is just too much fun for me. I live a dream right now. So I'm just going to continue to grind as hard as I can and live out this dream that we're living in. I mean, That's a great mentality I mean he's been doing this for a while and that's still that's I mean granted he's climbing up the ladder right just 2018 he was like this young new guy who came aboard from central Michigan as the tight ends coach completely different scenario he's he's the king of the mountain now so it's great to hear that he has that type of zeal I wish I had that type of deal. (laughs) I do a lot of the times, but, you know, there's also a lot of times where it's like, oh, I'm sitting on all this information. I don't want to write. I don't know what to talk about. I'm not living the dream in those moments. I'm, like, overwhelmed and confused. It doesn't sound like he's like that, you know. All right. That's just a little inside baseball. Yes, it does get overwhelming to do my job sometimes. Sometimes it's not always fun, but it sounds like he's having fun regardless. Apparently I couldn't play on the team. I don't have that attitude. This is probably the most important one because this is what, <clears throat> this is what I needed water here. I'm like, I'm going to cough for no reason. I'm not in a coughing place. So don't worry. I'm I'm perfectly healthy at the moment. I've just, uh, you know, just sometimes you just get that itch in your throat. Anyway, Jesse Mincer was asked uh, several questions about Amarian Walker. Singled out the one that I thought was more important, which was, what have you seen from him now that he's been a corner? He said, skill set is tremendous. see, I'm, I'm going to have to water it again because I'm, I'm going to do it. <coughs> Not even editing that out. We don't have time to edit it out. It's 921. Uh, skill set is tremendous. You're talking about a guy with six six three most times, like even in the uh, NFL You see a 6'3 corner, and it's like, okay, what trait's lacking? You know what I mean? Might be he's not as quick as the smaller guys. Maybe he's not as speedy, but he is really, really fast. He has really good feet. He's a little unique in that sense, not to put a crazy, crazy expectation on him, but he has a skill set to play the position, and he has the traits to play the position. Now, I have another paragraph in here, whatever. He mentions saying, like, just like Will Johnson, who probably... Have some early ups and downs, and it's going to be up to the staff. Okay, I'm going to skip all that. So, just excited about him and the opportunity he's given himself. Number one, just to get on the field here. He's one of the team's best athletes, so he needs to play somewhere. And we're fortunate that right now it's at the corner position. I mean, I'm just, it's exciting to think about what, how good he might be. Cause the, the way they talk about him, it isn't just like, yeah, we think he's going to be pretty good. Right. Like, you know, Steve Klingscale has often talked about Jaden McBurroughs, you know, and it was very similar to how DJ Turner and Jamon Green talked about him last week or two weeks ago, whatever. And it was just like, yeah, yeah, really good. He's going to be awesome. Like, I'm excited to see him. And it's just like, oh, when his time comes, they're not talking about like that with uh, with uh, Walker. It's like. He's going to be insane. So exciting. All right. We're running out of time. I'm going to move on here. I asked uh, Sharon Moore about having, uh, I said three, you know, granted those are the three from spring, uh, former team captains, but four of the seven transfers that they brought in are former team captains. So uh, I mentioned A.J. Barner, Jack Tuttle, and uh, Drake Nugent. Uh, and then there's Ladarius Henderson, who's not yet uh, practicing. So uh here is what he had to say, because I said, like, how, how, do, how does that balance, right? Like, what does that look like? Because these are guys that were the leaders of their team, and they're at a new team. What does that look like? He said, the first thing, is, if they walk in the building, they don't act like they were captains anywhere from a standpoint of they're not trying to boss people around. Because if you do this, I mean, they're all just te- bought-in team guys just trying to do their part to win. And that's all they've been trying to do, every single one of them. And on the field, they've all been awesome. Drake's been a little limited, but he'll be ready for the fall. And then AJ, he's a stud. Jack's a stud. He really emphasized AJ, uh, as in tight end AJ AJ Barner. It's just been so fun to be around them. Uh, They've been awesome. Uh, So it's cool to have guys like that and Ladarius uh, that were all captains. It speaks volumes to the program that we are attracting dudes like that and have been leaders in programs that want to come here. I don't think I really need to discuss that that much. It's just they're humble. That's what Michigan needs. They want to win. They're ingratiating themselves into the culture. All right, last one. Others competing at cornerback with Will Johnson out. Uh, so this was a bonus. He, they were trying to wave Jesse Minter off. Kind of got yelled out. He answered it. And then he got yelled Another question got yelled out, and he answered that. Said, we've got a, a lot of young players at corner. Jaden McBurrows, Miles Pollard, Jair Hill, Cam Calhoun, Keyshawn Harris. All those guys have had really bright moments. We've moved Mikey around a bit, so we're trying to do a lot of different things with them. And then he mentions, he talks about, like, when guys' time comes. Says, so it's a really good group of inexperienced but talented players. And I look at DJ Turner. DJ didn't play a meaningful snap here for two years. Mike Morris didn't play a meaningful snap here for two years. Mozzie Smith didn't play a meaningful snap here for two years. And it's these guys' turn to go into that second year and third year and put himself in a position to make plays. Like I talked about the other day, next man up mentality. So you got the names, Jaden McBurrows, Miles Pollard, Jair Hill, Cam Calhoun, the two freshmen, Keyshawn Harris. So they could end up being really deep. If a lot of these guys take that step, they step up, become those guys. All right. We're way over time, not way over time, but a couple of minutes over. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, tomorrow's Wednesday. Not sure what we're doing. I know what I'm doing, I'm closing on a house. We'll talk to you sometime after that, probably at night. Thanks for watching, thank you for listening, peace.